0: In Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter nine, and today we're going to we're going to be talking about the covenant God made with humanity and with and with the animals of the animal kingdom because of the because of His judgment against them in the flood. We're going to we're going to be moving through Genesis chapter nine on into Genesis chapter ten this week. This morning, as we as we start, we're in verse eight. It says. Then God spoke to Noah and to his son with him saying, Notice God's dealing with not only Noah now, he's dealing with his sons. He's speaking directly to them. That's an important characteristic, the important thing that we always need to talk about. Because there's a situation in the Bible that's always going on. And there's a question in the Bible that's always going on. And the situation and the question is, it's whether or not we pass on our faith to the next generation. And that is a critical factor in life. The reason we pass on our faith to the next generation or we put them in a position where they're better or more capable or more prepared to deal with God and to walk with God, the way we do that is that they have to see it. It has to be modeled for them. Now, a lot of times a lot of times parents think I'm just going to tell my children what to believe and they're going to believe that I'm a, I'm going to I'm going to direct them it's more of a supervisory director role. The problem with that is, is you can't supervise or direct somebody into a relationship. That's not how that works. That's not how life works. Sure, I can get somebody to perform tasks and duties as a boss or a director by telling them what to do. I can say, I can go into my office and, and Stacy works for me and she's my paralegal and uh, super capable. And I can say, Stacy, we've got these five things that we need to get done. And today, I'm going to need you to get these done in this order and get them done by noon so that we can get them out. And is Stacy going to do that? Absolutely. Why? Because we have, that's the nature of the relationship that we have at work, because obviously she works for me and we've got tasks we've got to complete. But see, relationship with God is not based on that. You can't walk in and say, oh, okay, Stacy, you're going to love Jesus and have a walk with Jesus and relationship with Jesus. and." I have one, and so you're going to have to have one. That's not how that works. That won't ever happen. That doesn't ever work. That's why forced conversions in wartimes, history past, We had a lot of forced conversions both to Christianity and to Islam. And if you get over into Asia, Hinduism and Buddhism and the wars between them and Islam and the idea that you can force someone into a faith which means you can force someone to faith, hope, trust, believe someone. It's just not possible. It doesn't work. You have to model that. They have to see faith. You have to put them in a position where they have the opportunity to have their own faith also. You have to put them in a position to, to learn and to grow and to enjoy and to become. And if you're not doing that, if you're not, if they're not constantly seeing you go in that direction, if they're not constantly seeing you put yourself in that position, then the likelihood is that they won't do it either. The likelihood is that they'll model their life after yours, even if they don't really like you, or it seems like as teenagers, they're totally at war with you. Remember what a teenager says, what a teenager believes, what a teenager thinks and acts is not who they're going to become as an adult. Oftentimes, they're trying to figure out who to become as an adult. And the only way for them to really have any idea of a direction to go is they have to have it modeled for them. Noah modeled that for his children. How do I know that? Well, he spent 100 years building an ark. If you spend 100 years building an ark, I think that's modeling a faith in God because I'm quite sure his sons were out there building that ark and going, are you sure there's going to be a flood? Why are we building this giant boat? Daddy isn't this boat a little bit too big as you think about it isn't it going to stink in the boat dad can you can you imagine building an ark with with people with young people can, the complaining would be endless and terrible and awful as you think about that as you think about that the truth is that no noah modeled faith for his sons and you say the sons were a lot older you got to remember they lived a lot longer and and if you'll notice they had their first children a lot older then we have our children and if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to hand down your faith if you're going to pass on your faith to the next generation they have to see that they have to see a regular walk with god and look, they don't have to see a perfect walk with God. They just need to see a regular walk with God. A perfect walk with God is impossible, and a perfect walk with God is not doable. My, my mom and dad weren't perfect in their walk with God. I know that's shocking to most of you, but they weren't. That's just the way life is. But let me say this. From the time I was about seven or eight years old until the time I was 18 years old, we went to church. We went to church every time the church doors were open. We were there. And on Sunday morning, it was an expectation that we get up and go and be at church. And my dad talked about God, and he talked about spiritual things, and he discussed those things. And did he, <clears throat> when he got mad at us, fuss and cuss? Sure he did. But that didn't change my understanding that he had a walk with God. It just informed my understanding that he had a walk with God. And it informed my understanding that a walk with God was never going to be a perfect walk with God. And my mom and my dad were at church. They were regularly involved in what God was doing. They were chasing after God. They were doing, they were going on youth trips. They were doing ministry. And, and in doing that, were they always the leader? No. Were they always in charge? No. But they were always involved and they were always involved in what God was doing. And, and since then, that was passed down to us. And so I, I love to see that when God begins to speak after the flood, he speaks to Noah and his sons. He speaks with them. And he, you now not only have Noah's faith, but you have their son's faith in God. And you say, they went through a really traumatic experience with God. Sure they did. But the only reason they got to go through that experience is because they followed Noah walking with God before the flood ever happened. And it says, as for me, behold, I established my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Established my covenant with you. Why is there a covenant relationship here? There's a covenant relationship here because God provided salvation and Noah and his sons provided faith. They acted on the faith God had given them. And so you have a covenant relationship here based off of God's salvific work, God's work in 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 providing them redemption and providing them hope. And Noah and his sons acted on that faith and that hope. And so a covenant relationship is more than just an intimate relationship. It's a powerful relationship. It's a relationship that's based off of sacrifice. It's based off of self-giving. It's based off of Giving of oneself beyond what others know and understand. It's a relationship that has power in it and it's a relationship that is sustainable. And the reason that relationship is that way is because there's provision given on both sides. Both sides give of themselves self sacrificially. And God provided for Noah and Noah provided uh, faith toward God. Noah faith God. He trusted God and he believed him. And every time you trust God, it's credit to you as righteousness. You, you, Do you understand that? It's not righteousness because you're perfect. If righteousness came by perfection, we'd all be sunk. That's not how it works. Uh, righteousness, for as far as God's concerned with humanity, because humanity is marred by sin, has that difficulty and struggle. Because humanity is marred by sin and struggles with sin, because of that, God credits us righteousness if we trust him, if we faith him. If we believe upon him, if we place our hope in him, then he credits us as righteous. He says, you're righteous. You're you're right before me. If you'll trust me, you're right before me. Isn't that cool about God? Really, I want you to think about that. God's not demanding production from me. He's not demanding that I produce so that he says, you're good to go. Going back to that, that, that boss-employee relationship. If you come in, if the boss comes in and says, I want these three things done, and you don't get them done, you don't produce, that relationship's gonna be strained. God's not that way. God's not sitting back saying, I need you to produce. What God's sitting back saying is, I need you to trust me. And uh, and because of your trust, I'm gonna have that covenant relationship. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you everything. I'm gonna place all that I have in you, because all that he has is ours. His whole kingdom is ours. We're in his kingdom. We're part of his kingdom. And he says, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, and of all that go out and the ark, every beast of the earth. Notice God's covenant extends to the things that Adam is, that to Noah and his sons are over. God's covenant goes beyond themselves, and it goes out into the world. And I want you to get this. This is not a pantheistic point of view but there's something called common grace that's in in the world and what do you mean by that the world benefits from god's people being there and god's grace pouring upon god's people there's a natural extension of the benefit of god's grace that goes out to people who don't even know god that's the cool thing about it a lot of the earth is sustained just by our very presence here god's wrath and judgment is held back because of our presence God's goodness and his faithfulness and his wonder is given to us and benefited by others because of our faith. You need to realize that your faith and you trust in God is of great benefit, not only to yourself and to your family, but it's a great benefit to the society that you live in and the people that you live among and And they get the blessings from that we We live in a society that generally speaking has lived by Christian values. I wouldn't say it was a Christian nation, but it was definitely formed by Christians or at least theists people who believed in God, and the principles that guide our country uh are based off b- biblical principles and the and the ideas on which our society and our government and our economy are based off of Christian principles, and they have been a great boom to the world a great boom to the world in the 250 years of the existence of the United States the world's gone from 99% poverty to a place where more than 50% of the world lives in in a middle class or wealthy standard of living and the poverty rate is so much lower than you, we would ever imagine considering the thousands of years in past history where where the uh, poverty rate was 90, 95, 99% of those who were alive were in abject poverty and on the verge of starving. That's not true anymore. And I know I, I watch these commercials, where we got to deal with people starving in the United States. The only reason you starve in the United States is because you're not willing to go somewhere and let somebody give you some food. Because that, that if you starve in the United States, it's because you walked off into the woods and you've been out in the woods for two months lost. There's way too many places where food is available and food's freely being given to, to people for there to be starvation. And why is there such great abundance of food today? Because of the system that was put in place and that became that came to dominate the world in the United States, which poured over into Europe and has poured over into East Asia and has poured over into many parts of the world where freedom, where opportunity, where capitalism has taken root. There's been great blessing. That's the common grace of God. You need to understand that's the common grace of God available because God's pouring out his blessing on faithfulness. And as he pours out his blessing on faithfulness, the whole world is blessed by it. Now, are we slowly ebbing away from that? We are. And the blessings will slowly ebb away also. They will easily and quickly ebb away also. And it says, with every loot, he says, thus I established my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off from the waters uh, of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood that destroys the earth. What God's saying is, I did, this is how this worked. This is what happened here right now this is the things that are going on right now that's what's going on but but in the, as we move forward you're not going to have to worry about a flood you don't have to we we're not it's not going to be necessary for y'all to build a bunch of arcs just in case there's a flood that happens it fills the whole earth what god is telling them is that his judgment is abated it's held back uh his judgment is going to come in different forms in different ways but this way is going to be set aside and not used ever again and that I, and i think that is of great importance too in understanding that god does new and different things he says his mercies are new every morning and they are they're new every morning god's doing a different work in your life. Today and this week is going to be a different week for you. Sure, you might be doing a lot of the same things. You might think you're doing a lot of the same things, but you're not in, a, in the same place in the world this week as you were last week. People are struggling, people are growing, people are becoming. We live in a stat. we live in a, a ever-changing world and an ever-changing society and an, an ever-changing people that we walk around with. There are going to be people that we're walking on the earth last week that aren't walking on the earth this week. There are going to be people who are in whole different positions in life than they were before. And there are going to be people who are dealing with whole new different problems than they were dealing in the past. And so God's dealings with humanity, it grows. and And although he's the same, how he works and how he operates in somebody's life changes as they change. It grows and becomes, it prospers and it nurtures. And who you are in God's kingdom, grows and prospers and changes and nurtures. And the question is, are you continually becoming awesome? Are you continually being and growing awesome? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you spending time looking around and seeing what God's doing around you and enjoying Him in that? Are you actively involved in the kingdom work that God's doing around you? And trust me, the kingdom is at work around you kingdom of God is at work in you and it's at work around you and so the question is are you joining God in that? are you joining God in that? are you if you are you're going to see the power of God and you're going to be changed you're going to be different you're going to be more you're going to be newer you're going to be better if you're walking in your covenant relationship who you are today won't be the same as it is uh as it was yesterday and in the future you won't be the same you're going to be bigger and better and more and greater, and you're going to see life from new perspectives. My my former pastor told me one time, he said, I have found that the decades as they go on get better and better. And the more I thought about what he said, the more I think he's right. He said, I found that my 30s were much better than my 20s. I enjoyed them much more than my 20s. And he found that my 40s, I enjoyed them way abundantly more than i enjoyed my 30s and then he said my 50s were just so much better than my 40s and my 60s were so much better my 50s and as he approached 70 years old he had the expectation that they would be better and better too i think god eh, the more you walk with him and the more you walk in his grace i don't think the times get better i think you get better you get better because you have more of God in you. You have more of his purpose and his will. You have more of his character and his nature. And you got at work more and more the older you get if you walk with him. And as you see him at work in the world, you join him and you actually experience the goodness of trusting him. And so I believe that. I believe that my 50s are going to be way better than my 40s because I know my 40s were far superior than my 30s. And my 30s were... Well, I wouldn't go back to my 20s for nothing. I enjoyed high school, but after that, it was rough. And I think my wife would say the same, that the days we live in today are far better than the days we used to live in. And that's not because we're better. That's not because we're lucky. It's because we've walked with God and God has opened more and more doors for us and is using our lives more and more each and every day. And I get to see him in the midst of all the struggles that are going on around us. And you do too you do too. And I pray that you'll grow in your walk with God, that you'll realize the significance of the kingdom that lives inside of you, the kingdom of God that's in you, and that you'll walk by faith and not by sight, and that your children will see that walk, and your grandchildren will see that walk, and it's passed down to them, and that the days that you live in will be good days because you've walked with a good God, and He's loved you, and you, because of that great love,